0: Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR.
1: Good Wednesday afternoon. Is it still snowing out there? Oh my gosh. I've told you before, I am positive about winter. But we are now into spring. Let's move on. You know what? Let's move on because I'm pleased to welcome Premier Notley to our studio today. Ms. Notley, thanks so much for dropping by. Good to be here. Thanks. And because we always have just so much time with you, I, I definitely want to get into things right away. And we've been hearing your comments on the latest move by Burnaby to take its fight over the Trans Mountain Pipeline now to the Supreme Court. You're calling it a waste of money, and I know a lot of people would agree with you. However, this is another attempt to slow things down. and. All this uncertainty with Kinder Morgan, it has me and a lot of Albertans questioning why your government is putting a lot of its economic eggs Mm -hmm. into this basket. Uh, Finance Minister Joe Sisi last week telling me that, yeah, we're going to see that balanced budget by 2023, Mm -hmm. but we're counting on revenue from Trans Mountain Pipeline. How realistic and maybe how responsible is that for your government?
0: Well, I think uh, it's, it's kind of helpful to sort of provide a bit more clarity to to that answer. Because what in, in effect happens in our budget with respect to our 2023 uh, uh, path to balance is that it assumes two of three pipelines. Line three, where construction is well underway. Uh, Keystone. Uh, and or uh, TMX. Uh, if Keystone c- carries on, we actually only need one of three. Um, if Keystone does not happen, then we need two of three. Notwithstanding that, the other things that are not built into that assumption are, I mean, or what is built into that to that assumption, the two of three, is a very conservative set of of uh, numbers in terms of what it does to lift our revenue. Um, we we take a very very uh, low uh, estimation of what t- uh, how much the differential would uh, decrease um, with with the two of three pipelines and then what we also don't do is factor in any of the other bump that you would get from TMX as a result of having new markets open up. So it is overall very uh, conservative assumptions and they need to be balanced against a number of other assumptions including the uh, $1 billion risk adjustment which is also built into the uh, in, into the path to balance on an annualized basis. So we're pretty confident that, um, that we taken a conservative approach and that we can meet those targets.
1: A lot of that, though, is still pipeline dependent then, right? And this is from a government, more mm-hmm. importantly, a party that was very anti-pipeline. How do you manage to flip things around then when you come in government and say, mm-hmm. you know, we realize this is uh, still a main revenue stream mm-hmm. for us?
0: Well, first of all, I, I would not say that we were anti-pipeline. We were, we were concerned about certain pipelines, but uh, we were f- fully in favor of uh, TMX well before we got into government, but there's no question that uh, as as the energy economy unfolds and develops, we understand more and more, and even now more than than before, how important it is for us to keep uh, our our oil and gas revenues off of rail and onto pipelines, because that's what that what triggers that triggers that uh, big differential. And we understand uh, as the energy economics of the U.S. have changed so dramatically over the last two and three years that we need to, even now more than ever, diversify our market. And that's important to the economy as a whole in Alberta. I mean, it, ha- it contributes, of course, to our revenue assumptions, but not uh, anywhere near to as much as it used to. And overall, as a percentage of the revenue that the government of Alberta plans to rely on going forward, uh, our budget anticipates a lower percentage than, than you've, you've ever seen.
1: Do we need to see more action than words from our Prime Minister when it comes to Trans Mountain?
0: Uh, I think what uh, we need to do is to make sure that they get this decision that they have made implemented. Uh, I think that there are different strategies that they have at their disposal. I think that they are considering them and and engaging in them at some level. Um, and I, I would suggest that uh, all parties are, to some extent, waiting to see what the Federal Court of Appeal comes out with with respect to the review of the Federal Cabinet's decision to approve Kennan Morgan. Assuming that that is successful and, and most uh, folks are cautiously optimistic that Canada, Albertans, Kinder Morgan, uh, all Canadians will be successful in that in that case. And should that be the case, then that is the time for the federal government to step in and there's a variety of ways in which they can do that to make sure that shovels get in the ground and this project goes forward.
1: they got to look at your toolbox because you seem to be pulling mm-hmm. things out of your toolbox all the time. <laughs> and I have to say, I've had a lot of listeners say that they applaud you for mm-hmm. standing up in this then they don't applaud you for the budget that came down. Because mm-hmm. they're saying, how can a, a government realistically say that it's going to be 2023, mm-hmm. 2024, that we'll finally have a balanced budget? And even at that point, we're looking at debt of $96 billion, And the bigger question is servicing that debt. Mm-hmm. Because when you talk about assumptions, the only thing we probably can assume is interest rates are going to go up. We don't know how much. So you've come out with a budget that you're hoping people will reelect you. And yet, you're saying we don't really have a, a big plan in place for
0: getting mm-hmm. rid of that debt and finally coming in with a balanced yeah. budget. Well, I would I would uh, contest a little bit of that question in that I do think we have a reasonable path to balance. I think uh, a six year path to balance is is an appropriate one. I think when we get, by the time we get there, when we get to that 96 billion dollar number, which to be clear is is gross debt, not net debt. Doesn't take into account the Heritage Trust Fund. Doesn't take into into account. our our other financial assets. Um, But when we get to that number, uh, we will still have far and away the healthiest balance sheet in the country of any province. Uh, And and we will have done that while still supporting health care, while still supporting education, while still... Finally, getting a, a jump on that infrastructure deficit, which which people across this province have been very concerned about. I mean, you know, here in Calgary, for instance, how long have Calgarians waited for a government that would finally move forward with the with the Tom Baker can, or with the t- cancer center? Mm-hmm. I mean, these are decisions that have to be taken, and sometimes you don't plan in a 12-month cycle. Sometimes you have to plan in longer cycles than that. But we are confident that the numbers that we've used are conservative that We can hit our targets. That we can get us back to balance. Uh, that the that the plan is credible, and uh, that it that it strikes the right balance, and that at the end of the day we still end up with the with the most healthy uh, balance sheet in the country. Uh, but you'll still have a huge debt, whether it's net debt or not. You're still going to have a huge debt. Even will have, eventually, uh, you'll have a balanced budget. You'll still have a huge. Debt. True, but what I'm saying, even then, uh, with that debt, our our uh, net debt to GDP ratio will be the smallest by a long shot of any problem in the country. It will be a smaller debt per capita of any province in the country and the net debt overall will will make it even smaller. So that's what I'm saying is that that we have a path to balance and the debt that we are, are left with at that point is significantly less than any other province and moreover, we're not creating other debt by letting... Hospitals fall into disrepair. I mean, we had we had a hospital in, in Edmonton, uh, you know, the summer before the last election where literally uh, tiles were falling out the roof into operating theatres because um, um, uh, maintenance had been ignored for so long. That's debt too. And people who forget that tiles falling into surgery suites in the middle of an operation who forget that that's a form of debt that we also all pay, are 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 not uh, uh, being clear with the kinds of choices that we ultimately all have to make as a community and a province. I'm glad you used health care. So yeah.
1: is this an opportunity to really look at how we're using our health care dollars? Because... No, I don't want to see nurses and doctors laid off. Mm -hmm. But I sure would love to see uh, a close look at all the middle managers, all the bureaucrats, how that racks
0: up our health care bills. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, certainly, uh, in fact, uh, what um, uh, statistics show, and for instance, the Canadian Institute of uh, Health Information, KIHI, will show that, in fact, uh, Alberta has the lowest per capita uh, administration uh, in our health uh, sector of any province in the country. and I'll give credit where credit's due I mean I think it probably did come as a result of the amalgamation of AHS but that being said, um, what we do know as well is that uh, again, they estimate that the Conference Board of Canada estimates that health care uh, costs will increase uh, by at least 5% a year in every province. What we are doing is trying to keep that rate of increase lower. We, we're uh, budgeting and keeping it at 3%. We've got the, the nurses have agreed to take a 0%. Uh, the, a number of frontline um, health professionals like you know social workers, lab technologists, x-ray technologists, they've agreed to take 0%. Uh, we're We're having uh, responsible conversations with the doctors. Uh, So we're trying to keep the rate of growth uh, lower, uh, but at the same time consistent so that we're not doing the kind of thing that we saw in the past where you'd see massive increases one year and then massive cuts the next, uh, whereas where chaos was the word of the day because that costs money and frankly getting rid of chaos is a way to save money and improve the level of health care that Albertans receive.
1: Let's talk about the money that's coming out of Albertans pockets since the carbon levy came into effect last year and at that time a lot of critics were saying we would love to see it uh, revenue neutral and and your government argued that in a way it is because all the money coming in is going out whether in rebates mm-hmm. or investing in renewable energy ideas. And then the budget comes up with, well, when it goes up to $40 a ton in 2021, we're going to take a portion of that and put it to general revenue. Mm -hmm. That looks like a tax to me. That Mm -hmm. looks like exactly what everyone said you were trying to do that you said no. And now we're seeing part of that going to pay off uh, everything in general Mm -hmm. revenue.
0: Well, again, we were just talking about the need to bring our budget back into balance, so we have to make uh, uh, considered decisions. But that being said, when we brought in the climate leadership plan, and our plan, of course, went to $30 a tonne, We said, listen, as long as the economy is in recession, as long as we need to actually stimulate growth, as long as we are not in a growth situation, we're going to make sure that every cent is recycled back into the economy and uh, through the means that you uh, rightly described. Subsequent to that, the federal government about a year later came in with a plan to move ultimately to a $40 price in, uh, I think it's twenty twenty one and Yeah, 2021, yeah. and then a, a 50 in 21-22. And, and so we looked at what to do with with that money, and you're quite right that that money will be applied uh, towards uh, the general revenue or better, you know, towards the deficit, essentially, towards the path to balance. Now, most other jurisdictions with a carbon levy, they put it all towards general revenue. BC, for instance, which has a carbon tax, has for many years, all of theirs goes into general revenue; uh, it always has, um, and they didn't have anywhere near the kind of ambitious uh, investments into reducing emissions that we have in Alberta. You know, the just transition for coal, the uh, the incenting renewable auctions, the uh, the uh, work on on energy efficiency, uh, the rebates, that kind of thing. You didn't see any of that in BC; it all went into general revenue. What we're talking about doing, assuming that our economy maintains the level of growth and the that. uh, we are now that we saw last year and that we are predicted to see for the next uh, several years assuming that that growth continues and the economy is healthy then at that point we would see it move towards uh, helping us bring our our budget back into balance but the key thing to remember is that even with the climate levy in place even at the 40 and 50 dollars alberta will still have an 11 billion dollar per year per on a per capita basis tax advantage over, every, over the next lowest tax province in the country. And so Albertans need to remember the Alberta advantage is secure, and that tax advantage is secure by quite a bit. I know this isn't
1: going to be the budget that you take to the voters because we still have, well, hopefully you don't call it too early, but you'll probably have another budget. But a lot of people are questioning whether or not the NDP can win with this budget. We've seen the polls, Jason Kenney, um, strong with the UCP, Do you think you could win if you went
0: to the people today with this budget? Well, you know, I uh, what what I think we can do is provide the best path forward for Alberta's regr- for its growth, for its recovery. We made a commitment that uh, we're going to build a recovery that will last through the diversification efforts that we've put in place, and that is experienced by uh, all Albertans, not just a few. What's happened in the past is with the boom and bust cycle in Alberta, every time we rec- start to recover from a bust, there's more and more people that are left in the bust area and they never managed to recover and the r- level of inequality in the province grows each time we're trying to counter that we're trying to say no this recovery has to be felt by all albertans in every household and that's what this budget is designed to do so i'm happy to talk to people i think we've struck the right balance no question that people need to be able to ask us questions we need to have some good thoughtful conversations what i will say is you know it's it's all great for uh for the opposition to to sit on the sidelines and throw rocks but What we know is uh, in an unprecedented move, we've got an official opposition that has not once presented a shadow budget and which still has not presented any kind of answer to the question of what they would do differently. So uh, Things
1: do change when you go from opposition to government, don't it's they? It's
0: true. It's true, but you know what? We we did bring in a budget uh, sh- uh, when we ran and we used to d- uh, bring in alternatives when we were in opposition, just when there was two of us, let alone four. And I think that Albertans deserve that. And I think uh, when people start looking at the actual choices, um, then, you know, I, I think we'll have some good conversations
1: across the province. Well, hopefully we can have more conversations here. Premier Notley, thanks so much for coming by. It was a
0: pleasure. Thank you. Premier Notley joining us today. It is 3.20.